1: Hi, this is Tony Cotti, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast.
2: You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast and this week's episode is sponsored by footballprizes.co.uk where you can win some priceless pieces of signed football memorabilia each and every week. In this week's draw, you can win a fantastic signed and framed Paolo Di Canio shirt. Tickets are just £3.95 each and just 99 will be sold which gives you a fantastic chance of winning. Entries close at 7.30pm on Tuesday the 1st of March and the winner is drawn an hour later Live on Facebook. There's been some fantastic signed pieces from Tony Cotty, Saeed Saïd Rama Jared Bowen, and Vladimir sufau up for grabs since their launch. So head on over to footballprizes.co.uk to check them out. Now, West Ham United have drawn Europa League giants Sevilla in the last 16 of that competition in the season of our first ever group stage campaign. And now we've got potentially uh, the most successful team in the history of the Europa League, obviously. But as James Jones so succinctly put on Twitter in the week, we've already beaten Man City in the Man City Cup this season, So why can't West Ham United go to Spain, come back to the London Stadium and knock Sevilla out of the Sevilla Cup? To What an exciting time to be a West Ham United fan. On Friday morning, I was there in front of the TV like so many other West Ham fans, no doubt, eagerly awaiting who we were going to get. Glad when a few of the duffers got drawn out ahead of us. It really did look like towards the end it was going to be Barcelona. But from my perspective, Sevilla is an absolute dream of a draw. What an occasion both games are going to be for West Ham United. I've booked my flights already to be out there in Spain, which will be absolutely superb. Got the tickets for the home leg already, of course. Honestly, with everything else going on, it's great that we beat Wolves at the weekend, of course. Obviously, a bit of a, a scary time. With all that's going on in the news this week as well, but we here at the We Are West Ham podcast will obviously touch on on all those other bits over the course of tonight's show. But this is—it feels historic. I haven't had excitement like it in my whole 30 years on the planet, or 25 years of uh, since I first went to my first West Ham game, or whatever. Um, So I'm definitely keen to soak as much of the excitement up as possible, particularly whilst uh, I'd like to jump on board with the James Jones optimism train. Um, The fact that or the chances of us actually beating Sevilla over two legs seems somewhat slim. Uh, And obviously it's still a bit 50-50 whether we'll make the Europa League next season. So I'm determined to enjoy it as much as possible. One man with whom I never have to try and enjoy myself is my We Are West Ham co-host, co-founder and a very, very good pal, James Jones. All round good bloke. Jonesy, wonderful to see you again, mate. What a time to be alive! That draw, what did you make of it? I just, I'm just so excited. The last few weeks on this podcast and West Ham in general have just been a bit mere, a bit flat. Um, obviously, some of the results have been okay, but anyone thinking the performances have been at an acceptable level uh, is wrong, basically. Um, <laughs> but, and then the draw on Friday, it's just transformed my whole perspective. It's just made me, you know, just remember where we are what a what a wave of positivity uh, we're riding at the moment as as west ham fans um yeah how are you how are you how do you feel about the draw what's going on talk to me west ham and whatever else you like i'm oh, good thanks mate
1: um busy but good uh just like you very very excited with the draw low key wanted to draw rangers just because i'm going to be
2: ah oh, i know we had this chat already. i'm going to be
1: up, i'm going to be out there at the timely away draw so bathily, it'd, it'd have been easier for me bathily. to watch it in a pub um, but I mean, Sevilla is probably the best draw we could have got other than Barcelona, I think. Um, mm. if, if you're looking for prestige and, and all the rest of it, then that's definitely the biggest the biggest draw we could have got outside of Barcelona. And like, yeah, I mean, they're they're masters of the Europa League, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So if you beat them, you got half a chance. And as I tweeted, we've you know we've got there's no reason why we can't beat them um, over two legs. That second leg, especially if we if we God.
2: What if we, an occasion if we, that if is we gonna... go
1: into that second leg either still in the tight or, or, or leading or whatever uh, with something to play for, that night at London Stadium is going to be absolutely rocking under Great. the lights
0: against Sevilla. Um,
1: something to play for. like It would be incredible. It would mm. be incredible. So hopefully we can go out there and, and do ourselves proud and take something worthwhile playing for a week later, but yeah, incredible draw. It does make it just feel a lot more real now, doesn't it? We are in Europe. We are in Europa League. We have arrived.
2: Mate, um, of course. And that's what I mean. It's, it's amazing. Seeing those names on the TV like, was absolutely incredible. See, like, seeing literally just the little pot. with We had our own pot yeah. with West like Ham United FC written on the front of it. And then just watching it on the screen and seeing Sevilla, who you're like used to playing against in the Champions League a lot of the time as well. The amount of fixtures Man United seem to have had against him over the years. Uh, involved in proper, prestigious, big occasions. I just, honestly, mate, I think it it's what dreams are, made. It just brill- properly b- bought out the little kid in me. I mean, as you know, the little kid in me, despite being 30 years of age, is never that far from the surface, really, anyway. <laughs> but um, honestly, I just think, and I think as far as West Ham concerned, if you can't be excited and happy about this, you honestly never will be. You genuinely never will. But we're fifth in the league. I know the performance has been a bit dodgy the last month or so. But what fun it's been the last mm-hmm. two years or 18 months, mate. What mm-hmm. great fun. It has been supporting West Ham United <laughs> like beyond anything I've ever known in my life, like for the longevity of it, and to be drawn against Sevilla and to be going, oh, just mate, honestly, it's just so good. It's so good. If you, I just think if you're still feeling negative about anything about West Ham at the moment, you honestly you might as well give up, you? Yeah, seriously, because yeah. how much better can it really get? Like it can a bit, but this oh, honestly and, so and good. We've
1: still got the FA Cup to play for this week as well. Mm. And we've got a massive chance it, to get to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, yeah. which just, is just another another huge positive in what's been, like you said, an incredible 18 months, two years. Yeah. Um, but the draw, drawing severe in the Europa League last 16 kind of almost hammers home how good it actually has been for us. Mate. It's so, like, oh my God, what? We've had severe. Like yeah, like the Europa actual... League yeah, in, yeah, for a place in the quarterfinals of the Europa League. Yeah. Um, yeah, mental, absolutely mental. Ph-
2: Phenomenal. I do think it's one of those, mate. I mean, when it came out, I was delighted and I was on had skyscanner up, ready to go, got the flights in nice and quickly. Um, and I didn't even I didn't give it a second store, which is peculiar for a cup competition. It took me ages, and I mean like probably the next day before I went. Ah, oh, we probably might not actually win that though.
0: Like, do you know right. what I mean? It
2: was just like I was so excited for the whole occasion and like two legs home and away and whatever that it just didn't really dawn. on me. I was like, oh, oh yeah, hang on, this isn't just like a one-off holiday. This is actually a two games of football. It would be really cool if we won as well. But if we yeah. won, I'll just lose the plot. That would be me, I think. Oh, <laughs> life I mean, will have peaked. If, if we
1: if we beat them, I mean they've won the competition six times. I think they did it three years in a row not not long ago. Hmm. Um you know, they're currently second in the Liga. Miles beyond yeah. my mind, but they're second in the Liga. Um they're a very, very, very good side. Mm. Um it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. But course, at the moment man. I don't really care. Like at end of the day, nah. if you, if we everyone keeps going, oh you know, we've got a chance of winning this Europa league, it's like, well, if you're gonna win it, you've got to beat teams like Sevilla. Mm. Um and you know, if we beat Sevilla, it's only gonna be a harder, a harder game in the quarters. Well, so, depends. you know, you've got to yeah, you just got to embrace it and go, Well, you know, it is what it is. We're in this competition, we want to be playing the best team in the competition, and, and arguably playing the best team in the competition, barring Barcelona, probably.
2: Nah, yeah, I just think it's brilliant. I just honestly think it's brilliant. Um, yeah, I've just, yeah, there isn't really much more to say, really. It's really exciting. The first leg Thursday, the 10th of March out in Spain, uh, and then the second, the return leg, is that following Thursday, the 17th, at London Stadium. Uh, yeah, managed to get the time off and, and get some flights pretty sharp. So on Skyscanner, Jones, he thought I was proper clever. I was like, had the TV on, watching the draw, on Skyscanner, just waiting, had all the dates plugged in, happy days, and every time, like, the because it was the unseeded teams getting drawn first, wasn't it? So it was like, when that came up, I just typed, banged in the uh, that, like, closest airport location on the search, hit search. All the flights come up. I was, all right, if it's West Ham, we're ready to hit go. Absolute, like, proper pleased with myself, thinking this is, uh, honestly, I knew a load of people would be doing it, but I was, like, oh, this is flawless, this plan. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, got Sevilla, clicked on the Thursday to Sunday flight, mm-hmm. so I was, like, here we flip and go. This is going to be superb. Um, and then completely, like, didn't even consider the fact that it takes you then to a particular airline's website, EasyJet in this question, uh, in this case. Like, hadn't like automatic, hadn't logged in already to that. So I was a like, mm, bit, a bit of an oversight. It'd been a while since I logged into my EasyJet account, so I needed to reset my password. In the process of doing that, the Thursday Sunday flights I had locked in disappeared. Um, so yeah, the only ones I could end up getting were Tuesday to Saturday. Um, I don't think my, by all accounts my mum wasn't too happy when my dad told her that um, not only uh, are we not going for three nights anymore, we're going for four. Uh, it's also Tuesday to Saturday <laughs> rather than uh, so we'll still be able to go to West End the home game against Villa on the Sunday. Um, yeah, just mate, it's just so exciting. I was saying though, I don't know how I don't know how people of like regular European clubs or fans. Do it every round, every season. Yeah. It's cost a fortune. Yeah, yeah, it must cost a lot of money. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, don't I think know. the flights, I think for Tuesday to Saturday, were 350 quid for me and my dad. Um, And then the hotel was 200 for four nights or something like that. Pretty standard sort of. Fair, but and you know, again, because it's a one off occasion, we're likely to lose or get knocked out, whatever. Anyway, we're sort of like, Yeah, whatever, it might not happen for another 20 years, so it's fine. Mm. But I certainly couldn't be flipping shelling out 500 on uh, on away trips if we were doing it every season.
0: They're like the United
2: it's, fans, I suppose. That's
1: probably why they, they have such a large gap between the groups and the court and, and the and the knockouts, just so they. <laughs> They allow fans just to save up a little bit more money. You know, give them <laughs> yeah. that four month, four month break. Yeah. Save a little, You've got a little bit of time now, guys, and then you can waste it all again once we kick yeah, off again. Yeah, March. yeah. Yeah.
2: True story, mate. True story. Um. Yeah. Brilliant stuff, mate. Absolutely cannot wait for that. Um. Yeah. Just yeah. Absolutely riveting stuff. So you'll be on your work trip, still be able to watch it. Of course. Um. One thing we do have to mention, mate. Obviously, it's not really. Anything to do with West Ham or the podcast, really? Um, obviously, there's Yandre Malenko links. Um, feels, I don't know. Feels a bit of a strange one to mention. We don't often just bring up other topical news stories that are going on, um, but obviously with everything that's gone on since we last spoke, yeah, me and you haven't really spoken about it uh, away from the podcast, anyway. Um, but just sort of needless to say. Sort of harrowing scenes and um, not nice seeing what we've seen on on the continent with Russia invading Ukraine uh, leaking over into into football a little bit. andrey Yarmolenko obviously been given some time off from the club and the tribute to him uh, before that Wolves game at the weekend was nice to see. Alexander Sinchenko and uh, the Everton. Guy whose name escapes me, apologies for that. But um some emotional scenes up at Goodison Park after the Man City Everton game as well. Support sort of from from all corners from the people of Ukraine and, and the the apparent sort of you know bravery and resilience they're showing in repelling some of these attacks at the moment. Um yeah, just I suppose just thoughts, are, thoughts are with everyone affected by it. It's just always seems to me, yeah, you know, I don't know about you, but I tend to refrain from tweeting about things like that. And and even on the podcast as well, it, it often, I'm of the camp sometimes, it seems like platitudes, you know, what, what me and you saying, thoughts and love and prayers to people of Ukraine on a West Ham podcast. Just, I don't know, it just doesn't always sit right with me, but I think with this, this time around, it feels a little bit more appropriate, perhaps. Yeah, I
1: mean, what what those poor people over there are having to deal with is tragic. Um and just pretty mental actually when you think about it. It's twenty twenty two and mm. a European countries having to deal with deal with that being bullied by another European country. Um I say another European country, just one bloke, essentially, <laughs> who seems seems to have just completely lost his mind. Um <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's um it's terrible and I'll tell you what, that that Ukrainian president Zelensky yeah. what a man, by the way. Mm. Um like that is leadership on so many levels what he's doing and like the ukrainians are lucky to have him um and they're really getting behind him as well and he's getting behind his people and, and and as you quite rightly said there that you know they're making it a lot harder for russia to to achieve what they want to achieve and you know all the power to them for for standing up stand up for their for their ground and for themselves and, and really trying to push back and fight for for what's right so um yeah I mean i'm, I'm like you i don't I don't really get involved in the thoughts with and sending love and prayers and stuff. But yeah. uh, my thoughts are with the Ukrainian people and the obviously as well, but mm-hmm. for the Ukrainian people, because I, you know, just, it's very difficult to really comprehend what,
3: what I mean, they're going yeah. through. Like imagine you see it on feeling, the news. But imagine
2: being just... invaded. Like imagine just where we live. Yeah. There's yeah. tanks and people with like guns and missiles. Parading yeah. through your streets. Yeah. Like that's what's happening. Is these aren't like remote locations, are they? These are like, well, it's all the stuff with Kiev, as we've seen. You just can't comprehend, can you? What it must be like to, you know, if it was through Bore and Wood or, or like round and whatever where me and you are. Just the idea that you just can't comprehend it, can you? That no. people be steaming through those streets looking to do people harm or blowing up buildings and stuff. It's just we're, we Sort of very lucky, but um, yeah, no, I just it, it just felt like one non-football related that, that we perhaps had to mention, mate. Yeah, it's oh, just madness. What? Like
1: I was watching the news earlier, and <laughs> the the guys doing a live broadcast from Kiva, I think, and suddenly mm. the air, the the air raid siren goes off. Yeah, and, and he's like, oh, looks like there's another <laughs> attack, and it's just like, what on earth? And it's like in the yeah. middle of a a major European city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I can't get mid it. It's just no. mental, but um there were talks today, wasn't there? So hopefully,
2: yeah, yeah, some yeah. Of resolution situation, um, all power to them. Um, there was actually a football game at the weekend, Jonesy. There was an exciting Europa League draw. Um, there's also the start of um, a quite disturbing European conflict. But in amongst all that, West Ham played a Premier League game and stunningly played well. Uh, Won it against a rival for those European places, be it top four or top six, whichever uh, camp you fall into and whichever, wherever your belief lies. But what a huge 1-0 win that was over Wolves on Sunday um, to put us five points ahead of them, even though they've still got a game in hand. But when the games level up, it looks like we'll still be above Huge win, obviously. Arsenal have got those three games in hand on us with the same points. Tottenham, two games in hand and if they win both of those they will go a point ahead of us. But I mean, they couldn't even beat Burnley. They beat Manchester City and then could not beat Burnley. What a hilarious shambles of a football club (laughs) they really are. Antonio Conte coming out with the weirdest interview ever Um, and then obviously them, them picking up a win off the back of it, spurs. But it's certainly hot up, and and Jones, it was a huge one because I think lose that game, and I honestly think you're effectively out of it, given Wolves a huge advantage. Uh, but even if Arsenal and Tottenham do win both of those games, that puts us in seventh, but only a point behind Spurs uh, and yet to play them. So, a, a massive win uh, against Wolves. You were there. I had a similar situation to last week. Unfortunately, I was roped into working again, so it's two home games on the bounce. I've missed not a great uh, position, I go, I guess, for the uh, presenter of a West Ham led podcast. But uh, I can assure you, um, I was following the coverage and, and watched it as soon as I arrived in the office. But you were there, Jonesy, uh, representing the we Are West Ham podcast with a plum, no doubt. One um, 0 against Wolves. We'll get into it in more detail shortly. But uh, what were your thoughts on that before we move on?
1: It was a massive win. Um... I think I said on Twitter before the game that you win that and you're still in with a chance. If you lose it, you spend the rest of the, the next three months praying for other teams to to slip up, and you don't really yep. want to be in that position, you know. At Definitely least not. it's still technically in our hands. A top six finish. Uh, I think one, I think both, two of Spurs' games in hand are against top top six clubs as well. Mm. I think United and Chelsea maybe. Um, there's a chance that they'll drop points still. Um, so I think. I think it's massive in that respect, but the performance is the one that really encouraged me. Mm. Uh what I was dreading the game based on Rick previous form. Wolves are in good form. They, you know, they're the form team up there fighting for it. And um yeah, they lost to Arsenal in midweek, but very unlucky too in the end. And um yeah, I was dreading it and Moyes tweaked the system and it completely changed changed everything for us, really. Like Wolves didn't we really do much in the in the first half. They came a little bit stronger in the second um, after we'd scored. But, yeah, all-round, super performance. And it's the type of performance that we can play like that between now and May. For me, top six is in the bag.
3: Mm.
1: Top six is in the bag. We, we were very good. Needs to be a little bit better in front of goal, a little bit more decisive in the final third. But, you know, if we win the next 14 league games 1-0, I'd be happy. <laughs>
0: so yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, it doesn't yeah. really
1: matter does it as long as you're winning it doesn't really matter how many you're scoring so especially against a team that are in and around you like that it's a huge three points isn't it yeah it's massive it's massive So psychologically it's massive I think for, for the players given the yeah. fact that they will know that they haven't been at their best <laughs> over the last month or so
2: yeah for sure well look we're fifth in the Premier League mate uh, we threw through to the fifth round of the FA Cup and been drawn against Sevilla in the Europa League these are exciting times in East London um we will get onto that wolves game in a bit more um, detail shortly in, in part one. Um, for now though, a usual little housekeeping roundup. You can follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Am. We're on Instagram at We Are West Ham Pod. Facebook, just search We Are West Ham podcast. Do the same on YouTube. You can find clips, two opposition views this week. They'll both be up there, a bit of match reaction. All of the stuff we talk about, basically, Jonesy clips up, puts them up in video format. And although Jonesy's looking disheveled, but my hair is looking on point this week. So uh, if that's not a reason to go over to the We Are West Ham podcast YouTube channel, I don't know what is. You can email us at wearewesthampod at gmail.com. The links to all the ways you can follow us and contact We Are West Ham are included in the description to this podcast. And you can buy us a beer and support us at buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham. Donations start as little as a fiver each. The money goes straight to me and Jonesy. And as we always say, it will only go on pints or equipment and guest fees to make the podcast as good as it possibly can be for you guys. And I'm delighted to say on that note, actually, uh, earlier on uh, we invested in some more like mobile recording equipment, which means uh, that hopefully me and Jonesy will be out to bring you a bit of different content perhaps some immediate post-game reaction stuff if we meet up after games at London Stadium. Just be out and about a bit more, enable us to be a little bit more fluid and flexible with the sort of content we record. Um, so, yeah, obviously, uh, that, that, a lot of that comes out of, of the donations that come from you guys and the sponsorship stuff as well. So we are always working behind the scenes to make the pod as good as possible. Thanks for everyone who's uh, subscribed or supported us and bought us a beer before. You can still do that uh, do it again if you so wish. Josie, coming up on this week's podcast, we'll have some more detailed reaction to that brilliant win over Wolves at London Stadium on Sunday. We'll have a Southampton opposition view ahead of the FA Cup 5th round clash, which you so sensibly mentioned just now. James Beavis, sports journalist and Saints fan, will be joining us for that. Then we'll have Steve Hoare from Redmen TV for the Liverpool opposition view ahead of that game this weekend with the Reds. Then we'll have the Betway charity bets, the West Ham women, who, I apologise, we had a little bit of a messing up with the scheduling on our part uh, last week. Got a little bit of a mix-up with the fixtures. They did actually have a game Against Reading in the FA Cup between this pod and last. We thought they were in a break the last week, but it's actually this week. So we'll cover that and then me and Jonesy will say goodbye for another week. I would say that that makes for a pretty intriguing, entertaining, exciting, and funny podcast on my stamps. So stay with us, won't you? And we'll start with the Wolves' reaction next. West Ham United 1, Wolverhampton Wanderers 0, James, Sunday afternoon at London Stadium. I was feeling very apprehensive about this game. I think the performances in the build-up to it were meh, to say the least. Wolves are in form, as you've mentioned already. And it just felt like, well, worrying, scary, whatever the the words are. You can bang your thesaurus out again if you want. Um, But... Nothing of the sort in the end. Would you suggest, Jonesy, this will be another week where we need the the detailed cutting-edge analysis and insight from you as you were at the game and I was unfortunate enough to miss it. Um, would you say that we warranted the win?
1: Yeah, 100% we, we deserved the win. Um, scored a couple more, like I said earlier, but I think on the face of it, David Morris did the right thing by, by tweaking the system, going five at the back, um stop Wolves playing at, like, the way they want to play. Uh, we pegged them in. It allowed Antonio to have a little bit more support from uh, from Bowen. Um, yeah, it just, it just all seemed to click a little bit better than it has done over the last month as a result. Um, even with you know, four nows at, at, at wing-back, which was an interesting choice, uh, I thought he played very well. <laughs> I mean, he's got the work rate for it, to put it that way. But mm. um, yeah, Lanzini was... You know just, just putting the strings in midfield, which allowed then Suchek to get forward. Obviously, he got his goal. We've not seen a lot of Suchek in the box of mid this season, but you know, I... that allowed him to get into the box a little bit more. Uh, was his usual self, Kurt Zuma was immense, mm. definitely his best game in a West Ham shirt so far. Um, Ben Johnson was good as well. So
2: Nice to see him back. I was yeah. confused the other week when Fredericks was in instead of him and he yeah. didn't get a shot. Um, Watched an yeah. interview of Johnson in the week comes across really well. Obviously, likes being at West Ham and, yeah, still like to see his development carry on. But sorry, Jonesy, as you were. But yeah, no, it's just every single player put a shift in. Every single player was was brilliant.
1: Um, the, the standout for me, though was Antonio. Just looked a lot hungrier than he has done over the last, what, six weeks. Hmm. Uh, and I think it's, it's as a result of him showing me a little bit more support going forward.
2: Um, you know, it, it was just f- just far better, far better. So, Jonesy then, before we go on to Antonian as an individual, do you think, because we've sort of been almost flippantly saying, oh, it's just because they're tired, the squad wasn't improved enough, da-da-da. Was the performance against Wolves perhaps proof or suggestion of the fact that, you know what, Maybe it was Moise's system that was getting a bit stale and a bit tired and teams knew what to expect from West Ham and we were easier to prepare against. And then, you know, you change it up a little bit and take someone by surprise. uh, And all of a sudden that makes the players look fresher because there's spaces in different places and the opposition don't know what they're up against. So the players have got a smidgen more time as the opposition are trying to catch up with you rather than knowing what to expect. Is it that or... Because if not, where where did this extra energy and where did this performance come from? If the players are still as tired as we and lots of other people have been saying,
1: I think there's an element of truth to that. I still think there there are a number would have of players. I so,
2: mate. I'm very insightful and observant, yeah, yeah, you know. Of
1: course, mate. Of course, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't expect anything less from me, mate. Um, no, I think I, I definitely think there's some truth in it. But then I still believe that there are there are players in that squad that are in desperate need of a break. Um, Antonio being. Been main one, uh, Suchek probably being the other, but um, yeah, I think the problem, we, problem we've had is that Moyes doesn't really change his system, Like caught everyone off guard at the weekend because he doesn't normally do that. No, them. true. Um, he did, right at the beginning when he first came back, he, he did sort of game by game have a little play around, but I think that may have been him just trying to find the best system for the squad of players he'd he got. Mm-hmm. Um he caught everyone off by surprise. Quite clearly, caught wolves wolves off guard because mm-hmm. they didn't really you know how to deal with us, particularly for the first hour or so. Um, but yeah, it, it, it probably did give give them a little bit more energy, just knowing that within the first couple of minutes, they knew they had they had wolves rocked a little bit. Wolves really didn't know what to do. They were, you know, pressing really well, boxing them in in their own half, and forcing on. Um, uh, um, errors, misplaced passes, they were, you know, mm. boxing in the midfield, and it just it just felt like the system suited suited them a lot mm. better, um, regardless of whether...
2: West Ham rather than the opposition?
1: Yeah, it suited us a lot better. Uh, it, it's not going to suit us every game. No. It depends on who you come up against, but Moy's got it absolutely bang on, and I think that then just... It just gave them that that energy, knowing that you know they got one up on walls. They know that you know keep going at them, and then they'll and they'll they'll break. And eventually it took an hour to do it, but plenty of chances, more chances than I can remember us having in one game for a good while. Um, and it was just yeah, yeah, mate. I still think that a lot of them are tired, but Antonio, for example, him knowing that he's got Bowen closer to him
2: mm.
1: would have been a massive help for his. Um, just mentally, just yeah. Rather than just psychologically, just going. Like he knows he's just same with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On his own, um, yeah. And then you know, Lanzini was like, positionally was was perfect, suited his style a lot better. He was out mm-hmm. To pull the strings a little bit more, um, and it will just it will just fell into place really. And I think once when you give moments like that, I think players are just naturally a lot more buoyant
3: mm-hmm.
1: about what's going on on the pitch. Um, See, so yeah, I th- I still think a couple of
2: them need a rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair enough, mate. It's just a huge win, isn't it? Thomas Suchek, you mentioned him already. He scored a goal on his birthday after a nice little move down the left, actually. A little bit of um, dance through, a couple of little passes down some some tight space on the left-hand side. Ball across. Uh, Suchek's there to stab it in. Mentioned that he's one of those who's looked sort of a shadow of his former self. I think the running stats are still there. Perhaps he's been a little bit of a victim of Declan Rice's desire to develop his attacking game and get forward more. So to probably keep him happy, I think there's been very much like from Moyes, let Declan do the box-to-box stuff, which in a strange way, I know he wants to improve that side of his game to be an all-round midfielder, Steven Gerrard-esque or whatever he wants to be. Um, But in a strange way, I think we've suffered because Suchek was so effective, wasn't he, going forward, Um, particularly last season. But him getting on the score sheet on his birthday as well, pointed up to his granddad in, in the crowd who'd come over to watch him play because he wasn't able to during COVID. All very wholesome, lovely stuff that. Still back Suchek, of course, um, as a bloke and undoubtedly professional enough to always put a shift in and earn his money that way. But he, he hasn't been as, as sort of well, just effective basically as he was last season, has he? But um, nice to see him pop up with one and such a crucial goal.
1: Yeah, I think his season's been as a result of a, a mixture of things: tiredness, as we've already said, um, you know, the, the the slight switching roles, particularly at the beginning of the season between him and Dick and Rice, will have affected him. And um, just, I just think that with the the system, sometimes hasn't really benefited him as, as well as it did last year. Um, you did allude to it earlier. With some other teams, will have. Uh, would have got used to the way we play and would have sort mm. of worked out ways in which to nullify Suchek's, Suchek's threat. Yeah. Um, but at the weekend, he got into the box a lot more. He was allowed to push forward because of the system, because of the formation. He was allowed to push forward a little bit more and leave Rice to mm. to, to hold back. Um, and it, there, was, there were times when both of them pushed forward and Lanzini held off a little bit. Um, so... It was good to see him. I think he needed a goal just for a bit of confidence, I think. Yeah, just to give um, him a bit of a boost. And, and Moyes did come out after and go, look, even Suchek knows he's not been not been at his best hmm. recently. Um, so, maybe that's that's the goal. That's the moment that kind of kickstarts him for the rest of the season. Yeah, Getting him in the box a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it's good to see him back on the score sheet because just
2: love his smile. What a wonderful smile. if nothing else, just for that. Um, Yeah, fair play to Suchek. Um, That five at the back system, Jones, you've obviously got to remember that Moyes had success with that during his first spell at the club as well. And it did work um, at times. You mentioned Fournau's playing wing back there. It was a bit of a damning indictment for um, poor old King Arthur, who's uh, fair to say his time at at West Ham is probably, probably up now. It just seems his level's not quite what it needs to be. Uh, Declan Rice did hit the post as well, didn't he? We mentioned about him wanting to be a Gerrard-esque player then. Um, is it one of those where you felt like, obviously, that chance in particular, you think it could have been more or do you think 1-0 was, was pretty reasonable? No, it could have been more.
1: Um, Antonio had a chance in the first half, which Sar saved. Uh, he was very good, by the way. Jose Sarr. Jose Sarr, yeah. Yeah, he was very, very good for them. Mm. If it wasn't for them. It wasn't for him. It could have been more. Um, he just commanded the box really well. Cut out mm. crosses. Uh, so we had our chances. He saved from Antonio on the first half. Um, see Rice at the post. The the problem we did have was that when we did get into the final third, the decision-making still wasn't quite up to scratch. There's mm. so a couple of, couple of opportunities where Rice had the opportunity to break the line with a, with a pass, and he's got the passing ability to do it. But... Mm either delayed it for too long um, or decided to go somewhere else or, or play it backwards. Um, and Johnson as well was a couple of times where he could have got a cross in a little bit earlier. Yeah, yeah But, yeah. you know, that's really kind of Nick Pitten for the sake of it, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Decision-making in the final third needs to be better. It needed to be better for most of the season, to be honest.
2: Yeah, true. Um,
1: so... That's still well, certainly to the work latter.
2: On. Like the, this sort of the last sort of month or yeah. two, it's been particularly bad at
1: the turn of the year, has not it? Yeah, so don't know, that's something that they still need to work on. But um, you know, a combination of that, Jose Sabi being pretty good in goal and yeah. um just a little bit of bad luck by hitting the post, uh, kind of contributed to only getting the one. But it's only it's only the one that matters, really, isn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, I just think one of those, just a huge win. It's just nice to, we needed that, especially with the, the performance that come with it. The performance was as important, but, well, you know, not as important because you rather have the points always, but after the last few we've had, not too good. And uh, David Moyes, Josie, fairly complimentary of the players after the game. You mentioned it off air that he can at times, can't he, Moyesy? Even if we've won, he's still sort of, Can come across a little bit curmudgeonly and a little bit grumpy about one or two things that he calls people out on or the team or whatever. Uh, But this time, all pretty sweetness and light. Yeah, he was just really complimentary of the team. You know, said he was really, really,
1: really pleased with with the performance, with the result. And um, kind of half expecting him to find something to have a little bit of a moan about. Which I don't mind in him actually, because nah. it, it shows that he's demanding higher standards at all the time, and you know I True. quite like I quite like that about him. But this time it was, you know, he's just happy with the performance. I think I think it's because if you compare that to performances of the last month, you, know, you, yeah. you can't really ever moan about anything because it was a lot better. Hmm. Um, and you yeah. see, After the game, he was punching the air to the fans. Yeah, and... he looked he looked delighted after the game, didn't yeah. he?
2: Like really yeah. thrilled.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And there's sometimes after we've won, he's, he he looks really annoyed about. Still, like even before he's done his post match presser, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's clapping right. the fans, but he's not smiling.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: yeah. And he, you rare you only ever see him celebrate a win like that after a big win in his yeah. eyes. Um, and I think so he, it
2: felt like that.
1: He clearly saw that as a real big win for us, and it was. Yeah. But for him to see it like that as well and be pleased with the performance um, speaks volumes in my book. So, yeah, he's happy. We're happy.
2: Yeah. So, good. What more is there to say, mate, eh? That's it. What more is there to say? Happy days. Um, Happy days indeed, Jonesy. West Ham then fifth in the Premier League. And I just think, like I say, because the opponent, it just keeps us in the mix for those positions now. Uh, I do would have been big-time worried if we'd have been beaten by Wolves. So getting those points on the board is huge. Obviously, um, a less than ideal game. Coming up next in the league, away to Liverpool, Saturday night, 5th of March, half past 5 kickoff at Anfield. Um, But before all that, we have got Southampton away uh, in the FA Cup fifth round. And to talk us through that, uh, from a Saints point of view, is James Beavis, sports journalist and big Southampton fan, next. (laughs) Delighted to say that joining us again on the We Are West Ham podcast is sports journalist and massive Saints fan James Beavis to look ahead to the FA Cup game at St Mary's Wednesday night, 7.30 in the fifth round, West Ham v Southampton. James, great to have you on the show once again. Uh, Before we get into the nitty gritty of the game and and your cup run so far and all that sort of thing, Uh, how do you feel your season's going at the moment utterly baffling as an outsider Southampton just seem to there doesn't seem to be anywhere in between they're either massive crisis Hazenhutl needs to be sacked because he's inept and doesn't know what he's doing and you're definitely going down or there's no in between of mediocrity it's that or are we probably going to get in the Europa League
0: yeah I think you summed it up pretty nicely there. I think when I came on this I think it was back in September wasn't it I was Pretty negative. I think we we haven't won a game so far in the season, um, and things have certainly changed, especially the last two months or so. I'd say um, probably since maybe since that West Ham game on, on Boxing Day, actually. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, we've we've been just been much improved. Um, I think you're not sort of far wrong, really. I mean, I think 2021 as, as a calendar year, we were I think either the third or fourth best team um, across That's the whole cool. Premier League. <laughs> That's and crazy, then, isn't it? yeah, sorry, no, 2020. Sorry, that was 2021. Yeah, yeah. Last year, we were probably third or fourth bottom of the over the calendar year. So yeah, it is. You're right. It's just it seems to be just ups and downs. But we're certainly on a big up at the moment. Um, mm. And you know, a lot of that is down to maybe sort of the the bigger squad that that we've got now. We seem to have some sort of quality players that can come in. Um, in most positions now which maybe we haven't really had before obviously the, the young players that we've brought in have pretty much hit the ground running as well as I'm sure we'll talk about at some point during yeah, sure. this but um, yeah it's just things are just going right we've got sort of settled starting 11 at the moment everyone seems to know their roles and they're playing mm. it really well at the moment we've got momentum um, we've got really good confidence just throughout the squad at the moment as well so yeah, we're, we're in a good place right now. Um, but I guess knowing sort of life under Hassan, there'll be a, a big downer at, at some point soon as well. Following. Well, that,
2: that's what that's what I was going to ask, because I'm not sure, I, I, I can't really figure out whether Southampton are and should be like the poster boys for long-term faith in a manager. Um, I mean, I, I I flip from thinking Hassan is absolutely brilliant and wonderful for the Premier League to completely sort of, just apathetic towards him, just thinking you know, he doesn't bring much. When he's like pumping his chest and crying when you beat Tottenham the other week, I'm like, what a bloke. Like what a man to be leading your club. Like phenomenal stuff. Um, and then sometimes, especially when you're bad, I'm just like, yeah, he obviously is the dinosaur. He doesn't know what he's doing. It's so, like how, what, what you mentioned the big squad there, but what what is it? Is it a good thing that you've stuck with him for so long? Because it's quite unusual, isn't it? To see a manager peek and trough like he does. And kind of just ride it all out. The 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 tendency of pro clubs these days is to just sack people as soon as it's going bad. Is it just Southampton an example that ultimately football clubs go up and down slightly, particularly ones with budgets a similar sort of size to to West Ham and Southampton's? Um, obviously outside that top six bracket or whatever. Uh, do you sort of were you ever calling for him to go, or how do how do you view him?
0: I mean, you sort of, you hit the net on the head there a little bit. Because of his, sort of how emotional he is, I think the fans have, like, really taken to him. And so it's probably a little bit of a similar situation to Bielsa at Leeds as well. I guess Klopp at Liverpool. He is very likeable. And I think at times it's probably saved him. I guess the second 9-0 was when <laughs> the fans began to sort of, you know, um, have their doubts, me included. Because, you know, even though you go down to 10 men after, I don't know, it was just over a minute, wasn't it? You mm. know, you then that's the point where, you know, you put, you know, a defender on, an extra midfielder on, take a striker off, which he didn't do actually on the day. But, you know, uh, but what I will say is that I think he's learned a lot of lessons, um, especially after those two nine nil, especially after sort of the, the real sort of loads that we hit last year, mm. 2021. He's learned a lot. We're a lot sort of tactically more, or he's sorry, a lot more tactically aware now. Um, We've got a lot of different systems we use where it used to be sort of primarily the four-two-two-two. He, we're very sort of easily adaptable now, um, and we can sort the players are comfortable quickly switching to different formations. It's definitely made a big difference. But yeah, he's certainly, he's a lot more savvy now than he was. I I know it took quite a while. Yeah, a bit more
2: flexible almost.
0: Yeah, definitely. I I know it it did take quite a while. We're sort of three and a half years into his reign now. But it was definitely a good idea to stick with him. When it comes to to Southampton Football Club, we're not going to get better than Hasnett. We've got to remember that he came from a Champions League team, a team that finished second in the Bundesliga. Um, It has taken him a while to to get his ideas across, and it's, you know, probably partly down to the the quality of the squads because again, we've got to remember that before Hasnick came, we basically had two, three years where we were, you know, surviving just. Yeah, 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 of course. And he hasn't really been able to strengthen and pay big money for for players as well, but... As I said, I have mentioned him adapting as well. And one of the big things, I think, sort of early, uh, his early days at the club, he, he always sort of said, oh, I like to work with a smaller squad. Um, but I think he sort of soon realised that maybe that wasn't the best idea. Um, and basically his big aim last summer was, was to strengthen the squad and have a big enough squad to work with because the style of football, um, you know, you can't, you can't have a squad of 18 players and play that style of football. I guess, mm. again, it's sort of picking up on leads, maybe a club that have realised that this year. But, yeah, we've got that big squad now. We've got a lot of quality. We've got – it's quality in depth as well. So, there's players that are sort of waiting in the wings that are really pushing the people in the starting eleven to, yeah,
1: to yeah.
0: form better as well. Um, it's just all sort of coming together. Obviously, we had the takeover at the start of January as well, which is, seems to have added like a bit of extra sort of spice. And, so, for those um, who don't
2: know, James, who was that sort yeah. of took over?
0: So a man called Dragan Salak. So it sort of came a bit out of the blue. With the name of- that is, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so there's been a lot of talk about sort of um, takeovers in the background for a long time with us. Um, so our previous owner Gal was he basically well he took over yeah a few years ago now but he basically didn't put any of his own money in. So the club was forced to spend you know whatever they bought in. Um, but yeah, the, the takeover finally happened. It's, it all happened very quickly, actually, at the start of January. Um, it's gone for and There just seems to be sort of an extra sort of bounce and co- um, I'll just get yeah, momentum, I guess, around the club since then. I don't think it's any surprise that the results on the pitch have been just, just really improved probably since that day. Um, mm. Yeah, it's all coming together right now. And probably not a good time for, for West Ham to be playing us.
2: No, absolutely not. I, I mean, really, we'll, we'll really move live- on
0: to... Yeah, yeah I
2: mean, you're ninth in the league now. If you win your game in hand, you'll only be seven points behind us. Um, you know, and with the, the games left to play, it's sort of a club quietly going around their business on the up. Uh, move on to that FA Cup game this Wednesday night then, St Mary's. What was your um, what was your sort of initial reaction um, when you, you saw the draw come out? We'd obviously beaten or just about struggled to beat uh, Kidderminster, Harry, as you beat Coventry 2-1 in the previous round and won 3-2 away at Swansea with 10 men uh, yep. in the third round. The How did you react then um, after, uh, say, beating Coventry the last round when West Ham at home came out of hat?
0: Happy of a home draw. Um, not so much for, for getting West Ham because, you know, we know what a solid Premier League team mm. West Ham are under boys now. So, yeah, happy with the home tie because... Um, you know we're unbeaten in, in eleven home matches in all competitions now, um, one defeat in thirteen Premier League games this season. So, I mean, again, we we talked about Hattinul before. I mean, our home form was one of our real weaknesses sort of under the his sort of early reign, and in a complete turnaround this season, it's like Samaris is a fortress now. Um, so yeah, definitely happy with the home tie. Not so pleased with West Ham because, as I said, we know. West Ham are a solid Premier League team. We could have got a better draw probably with some of the other clubs, but I think it'd be a good game, actually. Um, Mm. West Ham flying high. But yeah, we're we're in good form ourselves, so it should be a good match. And saying all of that, I guess the the last two games between us have been nil nil. So <laughs> yeah. hopefully it's a little bit more exciting than that. Yeah,
2: that's that is true, mate. That is true. So what do you expect sort of um star wise a bit but more like how's Hassan Hootle going to approach the game? Is it like a, a high priority? What's what sort of squad do you expect or team do you expect him to put out strength wise?
0: It's a tough one really, because we've got so we've got Villa on Saturday. Um, and it's hard to know whether he's going to sort of prioritise League or Cup to be honest Hmm. from what he's sort of commented before he's always sort of suggested that the best chance obviously of us winning a trophy is to go for the FA Cup Um, he's named I think it's two unchanged teams in a row now Um, I I would hope that he's going to do the same but I also wouldn't be surprised if he did bring in maybe two or three players to sort of mix it up a little bit because as I said we've got we have got players sort of pushing for 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 a place in the 11 people like Jack Stevens um, Roman perro uh, Ibrahima Diallo, I wouldn't be surprised if those started but also I hope he goes for sort of this 11 that's playing at the moment because it's in such good form um, two clean sheets in a row. we look like we've got goals in us so yeah I'm hoping he sticks but wouldn't be surprised if there are a couple of changes.
2: Yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. So, um, as far as the, the style goes, and you mentioned how like flexible he's been with his system against a team like West Ham, who, you know, our home form's been the, the sticky point this season. We look good away. I think, I'm not sure, someone will correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe we've still earned more points away from home in the premises that we have at home. Uh, I think that sort of suits our style, that willingness to let the opposition have the ball. Uh, happy to sit back a bit and counterattack the form the performances particularly have been sticky is the polite way of saying it the past uh four or five fixtures or whatever obviously got that um vital win against wolves at the weekend. Um what what sort of style how do you expect the game to play out um or hasn't to, to approach it sort of tactically against the Hammers?
0: Yeah, so I think it might be different from the game earlier in the season. I think we sort of we weren't really on the front foot in that game. Um, I expect it to be a little bit different. I expect us to sort of push, like sort of from the very first whistle. Basically, that's sort of what we do. with, you know the players will—it's a—it's an intense style. The players will sort do the do the high press um, mm. when it's necessary. So, I mean, even though we are doing well at the moment, there's definitely times when we can be caught on the counter for sure because you know the, the centre backs are told to push right up. Um, obviously, we saw the, the Salisu red card against, I'm forgetting who it was now, but it is basically from him sort of pushing right up. Um, I think it was Spurs, actually, wasn't it? He sort mm. of pushed right up on the halfway line um, and got a booking. And then I think he took down Son in the first half and, and got a red card. So, the, yeah, the, the centre-backs are certainly told to, to press up high. So there is going to be a chance probably to counter-attack us. And if you've got enough, if you've got enough quality... Um, with those sort of attacking players, there's, there's definitely goals to be had there, I think. Um, yeah. We've definitely got a bit lucky against Norwich and Everton in the last two games on a couple of occasions where, you know, that their finishing sort of kept us, um, yeah, sort of kept the clean sheet there. But yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be a little bit more on the front foot than I think we were probably for the, the previous game at St Mary's. Um, I guess maybe more like the, the away game on Boxing Day. Uh, I expect us to sort of come out. Um, yeah, quite strongly because that's what we've been doing at home this year and it's, it's it's worked pretty well. So I don't really see why there would be a change there.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of those when you sort of, when the draw was first made from a West Ham perspective, I think everyone's like, okay, that could have been worse. I think it's just that as long as you avoid the huge teams, you sort of think, oh, that, that's not so bad. But the closer it's come to the game, the more people are sort of sitting up and noticing your form. I think there's a real thing among West Ham fans that go, we'll do well to get through this. This could be a, a big style banana skin. Um, and I think the, you know, from a squad point of view, David Moyes, we've just been drawn against Sevilla in the Europa League. I mean, I'm absolutely so excited for the game. I know so many fans are against such a big team, having not got, well, we haven't even got to the group stage of Europa League before this season, let alone a knockout stage against uh, a team with such a pedigree in Europe, this tournament in particular with that coming up we're still like even though we've been off the last few weeks we're still like floating around there in the league we're certainly in the running for another europa league spot again the top four i've never really bought into that anyway but we're still in the, the fight for that top um six places so i get the impression that david moyes genuinely like he's we haven't got a big squad anyway so there's not loads of room for for resting players but uh, I, it, it's certainly going to be the third, not the third um, priority of the season for us. However, you said that about the League Cup. We beat Man City at home and lost in that competition for five years. Went to Old Trafford and won for the first time for 14, no, 15 years it was. Um, and then we're unlucky to lose away to Tottenham. We got a load of stinker draws and had a good run in that. And Moy still played fairly strong teams because he's got no choice. And which I think fans like he does take the competitions, all of them that were in seriously. So it's certainly not going to be a under 19s West Ham team that goes out. Um, I would imagine there'll be one or two changes, but he's fairly limited with, with where he can change anyway. And most of the players by Yarmolenko, who's not even involved at the moment because of the Ukraine stuff are there or thereabouts first 11 quality anyway. So, uh, yeah, just shaping up to be a good game for sure. James, it's been brilliant having you on the show again. We appreciate you giving us your time, as always. Uh, just before we let you go, then, that game Wednesday night at St Mary's. Uh, West Ham United v Southampton in the fifth round of the FA Cup. What's your score prediction?
0: Yeah, I just I think from, you know, I am confident because of, you know, how well we're playing at the moment. Of my sort of viewing of West Ham is that they seem a bit, I don't know, just in a bit of a sort of tired sort of moment. I might be wrong, but I, I'm going to say I'm going to say one nil Saints. I think it'll be close as, again as usual, but I think we might just nick it. Yeah,
2: yeah, fair enough. I'm going to go two all. I think fe- uh, I just extra time. I reckon,
0: and then yeah. anyone's so really... Be, yeah, we'd... to be fair, our last our last two rounds have gone to extra time, so that won't yeah, be
2: a yeah. shot. Yeah, no, I just think if we can get anything, it's just we're looking a bit. Looking slightly better in front of goal. Um, not great. Still a little bit sort of sluggish going forward. But as long as we can stay tight at the back, which I think we we'll are be all right. Another low scorer. Maybe 1-2 up or, or might have been a bit ambitious. Maybe we'll switch it to one or two. But look, James, it's been brilliant having you on. Sports journalist and big Saints fan James Beavis joining us on the We are West Ham podcast Looking look ahead to the FA Cup game at Southampton. On Wednesday, James, brilliant to have you join us. Thanks very much. And stay with us because we'll have our second opposition view of the show ahead of that Liverpool game this weekend, next.
1: Okay, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by a good friend of mine, uh, a good friend of the show as well, Steve Hoare from Red Men TV, to talk to us ahead of Saturday's game, at Anfield, five thirty kick off on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Steve, firstly, congratulations on winning a record ninth league cup. Yeah, um, Seems to be racking them up a little bit, and I'm going to ask you now, and I want you to speak on behalf of the entire Liverpool fan base That's and nice. probably probably the club as well. Can you give West Ham the assist for your trophy win? Because we're not, <laughs> we, we we knocked United out, uh, we beat City um, on penalties at London Stadium. Okay, we didn't beat Spurs, but for me, that's an assist for West Ham, surely.
3: Yeah, you've done us a favour. It's not, I mean, Man United, not so much, but definitely Manchester City. It's been, it's been their competition for a while. So I'm, I remember actually, I was in the studio. And I can't remember what game it was, what, what rounds. I was in, I think, in the studio when I, when I found out that that game was happening, I think. So yeah, just turned over and saw the, watched the penalty shoot out live. And as soon as that happened, it was like, oh, I'm out. because they have owned this competition. So yeah, that credit to the, thanks for you guys, it us a little favour. But yeah, listen, mate. Winning silver will never get boring. Like again, in, in terms of list of priorities for everyone, it's all again for us. It was fourth choice, but you know, tell us that when we're watching a, the, the, our goalkeepers take penalties on Sunday, it didn't feel like that at all. It was it felt like, like a huge, huge moment and a huge relief. And like I say, winning breeds winning. Um It was Jurgen's first domestic cup as well. Obviously, in terms of our cup record in general, it hasn't been great in the domestic stuff. Um Obviously, fantastic in Europe, and we've been but we haven't really got anywhere. And I think it's first season we got to a League Cup final, um, but since then, really, we had one other semi-final, but it hasn't been good enough. Um, obviously, plays in this week as well. We've got the FA Cup this week at uh, time recording. So, yeah, there's a lot... It's, Liverpool got the chance, as it stands, to have one of the greatest seasons in this club's entire history. And that's that started because of Kepper putting his penalty on the moon on Sunday. Like that, That's how fine margins it can be sometimes, but... Yeah, man, listen, it was—it's—it's—it's never—never a bad thing to uh, to be in finals. Often it means you, you're doing something right.
1: Definitely, And Do you think that because I know Pep at City uh, sees it this way, is that by winning this competition, it gives you a bit of a psychological advantage in the in the title race, in particular, but for the rest of the season as well.
3: It breeds confidence, and also what it's done, JJ. It's 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 given a lot of minutes to lads who would otherwise wouldn't have had them. That sometimes happens when if you got the cups early, you've got. Origi, Minamino, maybe Oxlade-Chamberlain, Shimakash, you just can't get games. And then all of a sudden you need to throw them into a big game and, and they're undercooked, at least now. like They've all had lots and lots of minutes. They've contributed to a Liverpool trophy as well. So everyone should be feeling confident. Like I say, Mo Salah put on his Instagram, I think he just wrote one down and then a couple of dots. like uh, Trent done you know, one of four on his social. So they all know it is just a starting point. But listen, um, Liverpool are in really good form. If you, you know, momentum and all that kind of stuff just rolling through game and game. If that ends on Sunday with a final defeat, you know, it, it could be like putting a pin in the balloon, you know, letting the air out a little bit. So, the fact that they went and got, got over the line again by the barest of bare margins, you know, a, a final going to the 22nd penalty kick. But that they won't care about that. They'll just look down and look at the medals and look at the pitches and them with the trophy. So, that that's the hope is that it is like a... Just Another little reminder and a little, a little morale boost that's the good thing about the league cup. You can get it done in February, and it, it can be like you know, it can be a jump start in your season. Always like yeah, there's little bolts of electricity going, go and finish the job. And listen, it's, it's done Man City no arm winning, has it? For the last four years, they've been there or they're about to the title race every time. So, yeah, my hope is it gives everyone confidence going into what's going to be a crazy running because there's so many games and so many competitions we're still in. Mm,
1: talking to me, your form uh, I make it 13. I'm in all comps. Uh, since you'd lost to Leicester at the end of December, it was just going into the new year, wasn't it? Um, at one point, City were about, around about 15 or 16 points clear, and it's now just six. And Liverpool have got that game in hand, and you still got to play City. Uh, you took there about momentum, um, one, one down, three more to go. Is, is do Liverpool fans see the title race as being theirs to lose now?
3: No, not really. I, I think, I think, I think we were definitely in it. I think that we, we were, I said. We drew with Chelsea just around that time as well, um, and I thought that was it. I thought it was game over. Yeah. I thought the gap was going to be too big. But then obviously, we've been in incredible form. I didn't. I said that partly because I didn't think we were going to go through January winning we every game. We were mm. losing. You know, we were losing our best player, and obviously, Sadio Mane, another important player, Naby Keita goes as well. We have injuries. We have all. At that point, that was when the COVID stuff was still very much kicking off. So we have games where we go to spares with you know a teenager who's had to play for us, incentive things like that. So it was around there where I thought, you know, Liverpool aren't going to, they're going to lose, they're going to slip up somewhere, we're going to lose a game here or there or something about around this period. But we never um, added to that, obviously, City slipping up against Southampton recently and then getting beat by Spurs as well. So if anything, what it, it feels almost flip-pervasive when, uh, of seven, 18-19, oh, because it was the same for us. We had a big gap Um there were game runs that City had and then we had a wobble including against West Ham we had a little wobble against Leicester and then before you know it's City are level and they've gone one point ahead and, they, and then they just win every game and we can't catch them mm. so what we're hoping is that we've had our wobble already and we had it pre-Christmas and if this is going to be Cities so I'm looking at how they played against Everton as well you know to get one of the worst refereeing decisions of, of all time mm. helps them out. so if they're going to be in a bit of a dip of form and we're going to be on the way up that's the key but I don't think it's ours to lose, but I think everyone acknowledges we're in it, and it's probably gonna, we're probably going to be in it right through till April, and, and then it'll just be like that game against City in April it could be the title decider. We don't know, but I think I think there's actually more confidence. I think a lot of people think more about the Champions League and the FA Cup that that could be us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's too much respect for Manchester City to say yeah, oh no, we've got this is in the bag. But with, listen, JJ, have you ever said to me in Again, when that draw last time for Bridge, if you have said Liverpool are going to be in the title race, you know, three points behind Manchester City or whatever, come come early early March, late February, then my God, that'd bit your hand off. So positive positive vibes over the in the northwest level.
1: Yeah, you mentioned there about um, uh, January and a bit of February losing, you know, particularly two of your two of your key players. Kind of your your notorious front three was completely broken up. Brought in Louis Diaz in January. Uh, Last week, Moyes come out and said that he tried to sign Louis Diaz, but Liverpool came in and and nicked him. Um, And obviously, everyone knows that Spurs are trying to get him as well. Um, Firstly, what have you made of him so far? Because I'm now intrigued. I'm like, of course, surely we weren't trying to sign him. And secondly, do you think that that reduces Liverpool's appetite for Bowen? Because everyone knows that Klopp's a fan of him. Uh, And I'm hoping you say yes, because we don't want to lose him.
3: Uh yeah, I do. Uh, because Louis Diaz, by the way, you've missed out with someone name He's brilliant. Just like, he is absolutely he is unbelievable. He, he hasn't completely shown it on the statue, but he has got his goal, he got his goal against Norwich, but yeah he is electric. He's one of those fellas, it's ve- it's very hard to and Gareth Bale did this a couple of times like to be faster with the ball than the guy who hasn't got the ball chasing yet. He is he, if you anyone who wants to the league cup final at the weekend, uh Chalaber, each he just smokes them. He is electric, so yeah, he's a world. He, in terms of the Boeing stuff, the only way that comes back is if Mane or Salah go in the summer, probably. Um obviously Salah's got this contract thing that's wrangling on. Mane's in a similar boat as well. Liverpool could decide to keep both of them. What they one of those might choose to leave. If that happens, then I actually think Bowen would be very, very high on the one list. But as it stands right now, it's it's off the agenda because we've got we've got six. We've got Mane, Salah, Firmino, Jota, Diaz, really. Mm-hmm. So, uh, w- And then around that is your Minamino and your, your, your Rigis and obviously whoever else. I don't think we would go for one more. I'd be shocked if he did. There's probably just not enough games to, to get them all in. Only three of them play every week anyway. So I don't see it. But I I, I know for a fact they like, really like Jarrett Bowen. Like, he, he's, he's very high on the on their list. I think what happened is the Lewis Diaz thing presented itself because it became available. Porto needed the money Spurs put a lot of the groundwork in and it was a it became apparent the the fear isn't what he thought it was it's actually way less and Liverpool have gone sound we're, we're happy to pay that right now that's not a problem we'll have him um <laughs> but yeah i think that basically we just again West Ham Spurs might have done all the, the work and Liverpool have i don't know shot in at the last moment and just took him out but yeah he's brilliant just to answer your question he's really good I would I would never rule out the Bowen stuff. At some point, Liverpool I think will try and sign Jarrod Bowen. Yep. it's it's whether he's whether he's still at West Ham or he's moved on by then because someone else might have been in there first. But I know for a fact that he really really likes him. So I don't think I don't think it'll be this summer because my expect- expectation is that Salah signs, Mane stays. But if one of them go, then I, I think it's more than possible more than a possibility.
1: Just you mentioned there that you think Salah will sign. Do, is that like have you heard something that? Suggest that he will because that is a contract, it's very quickly becoming a contract saga, isn't it?
3: It already is, isn't it? Man, becoming yeah. it's very yeah. much. Is. Um, yeah. I say that just based on it's hard to find out how it doesn't happen, it's hard to see where he goes.
1: Surely, you pay him what he wants, right? He's, he's, he's done enough to earn it,
3: yeah. And at some point, there's a figure where even Liverpool go, we have to, we have, he's the best player on the planet, we have to pay him. Um, that's my confidence in it again it doesn't seem like he's desperate to leave. I think he just wants paid what he thinks he's in and and things like that. So, unlike recent times when we've lost big players, Coutinho's and Suarez's and stuff like that, it was always to go a step up. Now, as it stands, where are you going? That's a huge step up. Um, And can they afford him? So, they're about to get Kylian Mbappe. So, are they also going to go and get Mohamed Salah? Maybe. That leaves a space maybe in Paris for him if he fancies going to Paris. That's one option and they will pay him and they will have a transfer fee. But, it isn't like the seven, eight, nine, ten clubs you can come in and go. here's Mo Salah now? Listen, if it goes a year on and he's on a free, then obviously then, then it becomes an issue. But then that we've still got another year and a half of Mo Salah to try and sort it out. So I just can't. I can't see in any world where the, these people, Jurgen and the business, just find let Mo Salah go unless he comes to me and says, "I want to leave. I am mm. not. You can't. There isn't a figure alive that you can pay me where I'm staying." And listen, we've had players do that before. Uh, Michael Owen did it like Steve McManaman did it they got a sniff of Real Madrid and they were like no we're just not signing so it sells now in the Owen case or leaves me on a free like next year or McManaman just went on a free if it got to that point then maybe yeah but there's no signs that Mo Salah looks like he wants to go anywhere listen why would he want to he's he's playing the best football of his career he's Mm -hmm. the best player on the planet in my opinion but Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned it's becoming a saga I mean it is a saga every time on our shows like Any comments, any questions, if you've got anything you want to talk about, it's always Mo Salah's contract, Mo Salah's contract. We have Jerno Insights with Neil Jones and Liverpool reporter, every week and every week it's any updates on Salah, any updates on Salah, it isn't going away. People are anxious about it because we've been burned before, but fingers crossed it gets done.
1: Good stuff. Well, before we look ahead to to this weekend's game, I just want to look back uh, to our game in November, which we very surprisingly won. Um, I remember when we when we spoke before, Steve, that you know I had absolutely no confidence going into that game. Um and somehow we managed to win it. Um but one of the big talking points that came out of that game was the uh Trent Alexander Arnold and his ability or inability to defend. And a lot of people going, I think Moyes deliberately exposed him or targeted him, um, and which led to two of our goals at least out of the three. What did Liverpool fans make of that? Because it seemed to be quite, quite loud, even from neutrals. Going, you know, this game has exposed to the fact that Trent isn't a defender; he's a glorified wingback. He's, he's he's a he's a winger. Um, what did you make? What did you guys make of that? Because I thought it was it was it was very loud from all corners. Yeah.
3: Um, if you ask what's Trent better at, going forwards or defending, he's better at going of, forwards. Of I, course, I, yeah. He just is. That's that's what he's in the team for. We we ask him to be solid defensive. We're, we're, we're not asking for the best defender in the world who can then just go and do a little bit to go forward, like get down the byline and put a cross in him. We're not asking for Gary Level. We're not asking mm. for, you know, most right-backs, we're not asking for Aaron wan you know, who's defend- a defender who sometimes runs forward a little bit, trenching the team to be the outlet of the attack. So, I think sometimes it's overblown that. He gets people like, he's out of position. He's actually not out of position. He's where Jürgen wants him to be. He's meant to be up the pitch. He put the- but, there is an inherent risk in having that and the risk is, there's a ball over the top that can be played. Mm. And it's else, if Trent goes, it's someone else's job to be aware of that. Henderson or the right centre back or whoever it is, Trent will be up the pitch sometimes. He just will. One on one, if you stand up against Trent out on the arm, try and beat him, he's very good. Mm. Um, what he's not great at is the the, the ball over his head. Um, he isn't amazing. He isn't amazing at that. That, that is what it, it's a thing in his game. But listen, if Trent might cost us three goals a season, but we score. Twenty of because of them, you know, it's a net, it's a net positive for us. You know I mean, we'll take that every time. We've it's we're plus seventeen. If every single team looks at, we haven't got many weaknesses. There aren't many. There's a high line that you can get in behind if you're good at it because we're the best team of playing offsides in the league by a country mile. We catch out. We, we, I think we're up to hundred now, which is just absurd because we do that's that Yeah.
1: Um.
3: So yeah. So we, there is that th- th- you have to do something, and what. It isn't that people that try aim for Trent, I think it's more the try and avoid van Dijk. So why would you play over there? Virg- over there to put towards Verg towards I think the best defender in the world or one of them? You might as well go to the other side where listen, Joe Matip's great, but he's not Virgil and Trent he, he is more often than not going to be up the pitch. And it's Jordan Anderson's job to be back there again, he might not always be in position because for every reason. So I don't think I don't think that this thing that Trent can't defend is nonsense. It just is. He he can. But a, it's this it's more the system. Every no system's perfect because if there was a perfect system, everyone would be playing it. You guys yeah. are this like you guys are really strong in midfield, the but then there's there might having Suchek and Rice, does that take away from something else? Is there maybe sometimes a lack of creativity? Or you know, every system's got some Antonio's a really good battering and ram, and he's a good centre forward, but maybe you lose the, the natural finishing ability of like a Jota who we've got. You know, like everything's different. Yeah. Uh, but that is that if you're gonna beat Liverpool the way Chelsea almost did at the weekend. It's third man runs that beat the offside trap and try and get down the flanks. That's where that's where the space will be. Um, and, and West Ham did it, and also obviously the set piece goal as well, where we are very strong with the best with the best team certainly scoring from set plays, and we're actually quite strong defensively. But West Ham will exploit the, uh, the the issue around the goal, and I'd expect it again. They're going to try and power on two again and try and get one. So listen, we are not like we're not invincible. Like, no, no, no football team is unbeatable. Man, you know, Tottenham just went and beat Manchester. No one's unbeatable, but... So everyone's got a chink in the arm. And that is, again, if West Ham want to beat Liverpool, uh, if I was planning from a West Ham point of view, it would be get a myth, get someone running from your field team, try and time the run over the top, and you might get caught offside four times, but the fifth one's on. Like, Romelu got Lukaku in the final is a hair's breath away from being onside and scoring the winning goal. It's a very risky strategy we do. It's risk reward. We do it because we want to be pushed up the pitch because we want to camp everyone into their half and try and get past us. And the only way out is to go long. That's what mm-hmm. we want to do. But you can get it right. West Ham got it right a couple of times. In, in, in around Trent, Chelsea almost got it right. We had, uh, again, if Mason Mountain can hit a car's arse with a banjo, again, we went up be Sydney I saying we're the League Cup winners. We probably lost. So it is risky. We're not unbeatable, but... I think it is a bit overstated. Over like, just if anyone just if anyone doubts Trent Alexander Arnold, then that's more on them than, than me. I think I think he's
1: Fair, fair, fair. Well, you mentioned there that Liverpool aren't invincible. Well, you pretty much may as well be against West Ham at Anfield. We've we've only won once there in 59 years. That came in 2015.
3: Yeah, I was there as well. That's yeah, it was yeah.
1: horrendous. By the way, <laughs> uh, for a minute I thought you meant you were there 59 years ago.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was there for the one. I
1: was there for the one, yeah. So but we've only actually ever won at Anfield four times in our entire history. Um, scored forty one goals in sixty-eight visits, and in that time Liverpool have scored 134 against us at Anfield. So you may as well be invincible against us, but you've already kind of spoken there about how West Ham can, can beat um can beat Liverpool. But is there any anyone in particular in the West, that West Ham team you think can cause you guys particular damage?
3: Yeah, Bowen. I think the, those runs that I've been talking about, the out to him, run, if he can time that uh, right, he'll, he'll get in. He could get in one-on-one. That's the issue. What Liverpool needs to do is get pressure on the ball, high up the pitch. The high line is that it is there forever and it'll work, but it only works if you don't give the ball away to stupid areas and then you can be counted on over the top. And if you do give it away, you've got to win it back very, very quickly. So, the timing of runs... Ooh, I'm guessing Bowen will play on the right. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And then who will be on the left, I'm guessing...
1: Um, <sighs> um, I mean, it might be four nails. Um He might even play Vlasic for for a little bit of pace. I think I, I think Bayram is still going to be dropped.
3: That's the key is that like Mason Mount got in a couple of times. Those into if you can time those runs, uh, Antonio again if he can if he can get one times perfection, Um that's the key in terms of if you want to get at us in terms of stopping us. Um, I mean, obviously midfield well, your know, midfield's very strong, though, but we don't really try and play too much through midfield if we can help it. We tend to use the full-backs, again, for the creativity in the team. So, so can someone stop Mo Salah? Can you stop Diaz? Can you stop Mane? That'll be, I'm guessing, Jota is back and available again in there. So, yeah, you, you need, listen, if, if I start, I'm going to come to Anfield and win, you're going to need seven, eight, nine, 8 to play 9 out of 10s. Um of luck. Maybe, but you say this, maybe like, Oh, you've been talking about sort of, those 59 years, this is probably one of the better West Ham sides that are, t- are going to turn up in those 59 years. Some of them have just turned up as fodder. I think The one near the one, it was Payet, his goal, we have the red car for Coutinho. Like, that was a good West Ham side as well. I think this one's better. Uh, yeah. so, you know, that, that side was competing for the Champions League, as well, but this is a better, more consistent side. I think that was a very Payet central team. Um, this one's a better all-round team that we're going to face. You know, There's threats from everywhere. So, Live, we are not banking this one Like we banked Norwich at home a few weeks ago and they, they gave us a bloody nose for a, a half or an hour so no one's I don't think anyone's underestimating West Ham like, it's very much on the agenda we've, again, that's kind of recording. we've got the cup game this week and a lot of the conversation has how strong do you go in the cup because you've got to save legs for West Ham because it's going to be a tough whole game mm. Boston, no one's ever touch wood uh, beating Jürgen Cup twice in the same season in terms of in the league um, a Jürgen Klopp team no, no one's ever done a double against us um, West Ham could be the first to do it this weekend couldn't he so I think we very much acknowledge it look, if you look at Liverpool's fixtures at the end of the season this is one of the tougher games uh, and I, again I don't know what the, the general West Ham feeling I'm sure you'll tell me but there's no no one's overlooking West Ham or based on that record because it, it, it's a completely different side it's a completely different team
1: I think from a, from a West Ham perspective um, if you'd have asked me that question maybe four days ago, we'd have been absolutely dreading it. But beating Wolves at the weekend, I mean, because our our form, although we've been picking up results, our general performances have been really poor. Quite clear, because we've got a a thin squad, quite clear the players are absolutely knackered. Um, But against Wolves at the weekend, it was only 1-0, but we were far better. We changed the system, went five at the back um, and we were just far, far better going forward, far better off the ball. Um, So there is an element of, uh, just a renewed bit of confidence. Not so much that we're going to go to Liverpool and grab a, grab all three points, but there's confidence that we can go there and cause a few a few problems um, and maybe come away with something. Um, but yeah, a little bit more confidence from a West Ham camp. And we, we desperately need it as well. We're trying to finish in that top six again. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But Steve, before I let you go, mate, got a prediction. Bear in mind that the last four meetings have been decided by a single goal yeah. between these two sides. What, what are you saying?
3: I think it's gonna be close to me, yeah, Navy. Again, I'm gonna be live on our show in the studio watching. I I said two one to Liverpool. Uh, it feels like that. It feels like it's gonna be a close one because, like you said, every these two teams seem to play close games. And um, you you got the one goal win the they all plays one one by one for us might be in the maybe even things out. I think that might be right. But like I am expecting a very difficult game.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go one 0 I think I'll take the point 100% if we can avoid defeat. And if we do lose, then. by the the single goal I think we'd be generally as long as the performance is good I think that's one thing that West Ham fans are are, are desperate to see more more than anything but Steve always a pleasure mate really appreciate you coming on Um, that was Steve Hoare from the Redmen TV and next up we've got Betway Charity Bets
2: Well, double opposition view there, James Jones. Uh, Brilliant to speak to James Beavis for the Southampton Opposition View, sports journalist and Saints fan. And then Steve Hoare from Redmen TV as well um, for that Liverpool opposition view. Great stuff from both of those guys looking ahead to West Ham's two games this week, first in the FA Cup against Southampton before Liverpool at Anfield. At the weekend, uh, Jonesy, the Betway charity bets. After two wins in two weeks for me, thanks to Big Craig Dawson popping up and getting his noggin and his elbow in one case at Leicester on a couple uh, on the end of a couple of crosses. Uh, it's been some brilliant weeks uh, for the Betway charity bets. Unfortunately, though, no winners for that Wolves game. But as you've been uh, talking about so sensibly. The last few weeks, the run rate is back where we need it to be in order to beat last season's £12,500 raise for the three charities that me, you and Rhys Bayliss are playing for. Just a reminder, Betway give us a £50 charity stake to put on each and every single West Ham Premier League game. Uh, I then am playing for the Bobby Moore Fund. James is playing for the DT38 Foundation. Rhys has been playing for Isla's Fight um and any winnings from those bets go towards those charities so uh, yeah um any any winners we've had i've had a couple in the last two weeks so it's a serious old lump of money gone to the bobby moore fund which is great stuff because betway are matching any winnings at the end of the season uh, so we're on about just shy of eight grand so far for this year once you add in the bit that betway are matching which is uh, brilliant news Indeed, uh, Jonesy, no winners. But what did uh, if you've got them in front of you now? What did we go for last week?
1: So you went for under four and a half goals, which is a tick. Both teams to score, which wasn't. And big Craig Dawson to score for the third game running, uh, mm. which obviously didn't happen. I think it was a big ask that.
2: Quite unlikely um, that wasn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Reese went both teams to score over two and a half, and cut Zoom at the score any time. So nowhere near on, e- on either of those. Yeah. Uh, and I had over eight and a half corners, which I'm not actually sure where that came in, but um irrelevant really. Pablo Fell now to have one shot on target, which was severely um, hampered. Hampered by the fact he was playing wing back. Um, and then Jared Bowen to score any time, which I mean he was probably the quietest out of all of our players at right. the weekend. So um which isn't like him, but yeah, nowhere near, unfortunately. <laughs>
2: Uh, you did you say you had over eight and a half corners? Yeah, there were eight corners in the game, so
1: see, I'm actually glad one to stick on. I'm glad that I lost on all three, then to be honest, because that would have really hurt given I haven't won
2: half a corner (laughs) that would have absolutely stunk, but um, yeah, fair enough, mate. Uh, and the Liverpool game then at the weekend, um, I have gone for both teams to score. Jared Bowen to score anytime and Mo Salah to score anytime. I can already hear the commentators now going, "Oh, Liverpool been linked with Jared Bowen, uh, and he's come and shown them what they'd be getting here at Anfield." So as he scores in front of the cup to get a solitary consolation for West Ham at the end of this five-one drubbing,
3: <laughs>
2: and yeah, back Salah because he just loves to go against West Ham. Not that West Ham are exclusive in that group. Um, he loves to go against anyone but yeah, can't. I always feel a little bit, when I feel like we're definitely going to lose games, obviously I never out and out back West Ham to lose particularly at Anfield because the odds aren't going to be great but um, yeah, just sort of went a little bit cagey with that one, especially if I've had a couple of good weeks, just uh, if I can just keep it ticking over even with a few hundred that wouldn't be too bad Jordan,
1: um, what, what have,
0: have you
1: got? Over two and a half goals there's always goals in there. Uh, over ten and a half corners. And Pablo Fournals anytime. At, I mean, hopefully he doesn't play wing back again. I doubt he will. Well, wow.
2: that's the thing, um, mate.
1: But he just loves a goal against Liverpool. I think he's got three three and five appearances against Liverpool and two of those come at Anfield. Um, so for me it's a no brainer that Pablo Fournells is is in. Yeah. Um and then Reese has gone West Ham to have over four and a half corners. Over three and a half goals in the game,
2: and Antonio, anytime. definitely due one, isn't it? That is, honestly. Well, I mean, he did come close, didn't he? They did come closest for weeks in that effort he had against, um, against Wolves, where he sort of got, it was in a tight angle, a bit of a toe poke, and, and Jojo Sah made a good save. I was like, blimey, closest to come for scoring for the months on end. But um, yeah, I'd okay, I sort of. Maurice's bet seem to have got a bit erratic the last few weeks. been a while since he won one, um, but fair play. Just a reminder that you can back these bets for real, if you so wish, on the Betway website and app. Uh, just go to the game in question. This week, of course, it'll be West Ham-Liverpool. Uh, these bets will be live towards the end of the week. Find West Ham v Liverpool. Go to pre-built bets. Uh, scroll down, you'll find the We Are West Ham podcast bets. Mine will have my name against it. James's and Reese's will be labelled accordingly with their names as well, uh, and you can, as I say, back those for real if you like the sound of them, particularly the old Craig Dawson ones. The last couple of weeks you'd have been quids in uh, if you'd have been backing those ones. Uh, pretty good stuff, Jonesy. I, I think, like I said, we're just under eight grand now, so it's okay, but it's getting towards the business end of the season, is it? We're ticking over into March, and then you're left less, less than two months left in the campaign um so we need to we need to sort of keep the regularity of the bets up as much as as much as those big values don't we if we're going to get over that 12 and a half grand mark
1: yeah we, we probably need uh need at least another 20 to at one least plus. two at least two is isn't at, it at least one big big one yeah uh, and then a couple of little little ones to top us up a couple um, of little tiddlers a squeaky bum time for me. I'm getting, getting incredible. Hey, <laughs> big time um, squeaky bum time
2: for I can't, you. And a big I can't, zero.
1: I can't end the season with zero. I did so well last year. Um, yeah. Yeah, it'd be very, very upsetting.
2: I just, mate, even this, do you know, like fair play, but <laughs> excuse me, I just can't see it. Like the, what yours won this week, I just can't. See it. Over 10.5 corners is an awful lot of corners in a game of football, isn't it? And Pablo Fornazis is going to be playing at centre-half, probably.
1: <laughs> so, so, I, I, I base the corners but purely because Liverpool are going to have a lot of chances. Yeah. So, the chances are that, you know, we're going to be deflecting goals, balls into the cop yeah. left, right and centre. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're kind of, yeah. they'll have like 30 corners in the first half, probably. coming <laughs> yeah.
2: in that goal. Yeah, yeah. I like your Pablo Fornazis thinking. I understand that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but, look. Good stuff, mate. Good stuff. We're doing all right in the last few weeks. So, hope we can keep that going. Um, stay with us because we'll have the West End women next. No, 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 Jonesy, a little bit of an oversight from uh, our point of view with the West End women's section. Uh, didn't do one last week, thinking that there was a break in the fixtures. Turns out the break was actually this week. So, uh, yeah, apologies to anyone out there who wondered why on earth we weren't talking about the West Ham women's Reading or game at Reading, excuse me, in the fifth round of the FA Women's Cup um, on Sunday. However, they won 1-0 after extra time. Dagny Brynjastotir, I'm going to get that one day, I promise. Uh, Dagny stood here, scoring once again. An excellent goal scoring from this season. In the 107th minute, time added on at the end of the first period uh, of extra time. 0-0 after normal time. West Ham coming away with a 1-0 win. Uh, next round draw hasn't been done yet. Um, so, not sure who West Ham are going to get. But, Jonesy, um, as far as that goes... Um, you know, positive stuff progressing in the FA Cup uh, after extra time. You sort of do feel normally you'd say, oh, you know, the extra minutes in the legs might be a bit of a blow. Uh, But the next game isn't till Thursday, the 10th of March, at home to Chelsea in the WSL. So, significant time to rest up. Um, So, just progressing, most important thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have a cup run to, to go alongside the superb league form this season. Yep. Uh, even if it did go into extra time. But the break kind of means that that kind of doesn't really matter anymore. It's not really applicable. So, so yeah, I think it's a good, it's, it looks like it was a relatively easy, uh, uh, not easy game, even game, shall I say, uh, looking at the possession stats. And both teams had r- roughly the same amount of chances. So to, to come out with a 1-0 win into the next round of the FA Cup, Hopefully get a nice a, a, a favourable draw in the next round and we can keep going. But it just nicely supplements the the, the good WSL form and the, the good season that, that they're having.
2: Totally agree, mate. The uh, remaining quarter finalists, Arsenal, Birmingham, Chelsea, Coventry, Everton, Ipswich, Manchester City and West Ham. The draw for that takes place Tuesday morning, quarter past nine uh, live on BBC One, actually. So, uh, yeah, if you fancy it and you're up and about, um, get on over there. The games take place uh, across the weekend of the 19th and 20th of March. It's one of them, Josie, out of those three. Realistically, you want to avoid, obviously, you hope Arsenal and um, Arsenal, Man City and Chelsea draw, one of those draw each other. Um, and then you got some teams in there in the Championship And WSL teams who West Ham either have already beaten this season or are more than capable of beating. Uh, And before you know it, you're you're into a semi-final with the chance of maybe getting into another final. We all remember, of course, what a momentous occasion that was a few seasons back when the West Ham women got their 30-odd thousand fans behind the team. Um, No reason why not, really, is there? Just one of those situations particularly... Yeah, with the gulf in the women's game between those teams at the top. Um, although West Ham have, have done all right uh, against them this season, but you do just want to you want to avoid the big teams. If you get lucky with the draw, then it's just, uh, sky's the limit, really.
1: Yeah, if you can avoid them and get, I just respect them, but Coventry, Everton, or Birmingham, I think I think any one of it those. switch would be, as well, or take or that wouldn't You Yeah, yeah, take it. You know, get one of those four clubs, um, and hope that some of the bigger teams draw each other kind Of just narrows it down a little bit, and um, but as you quite rightly said, they've been performing well regardless of their Hump against this season.
0: Hmm.
1: So, uh, apart from the blip against Leicester a couple of weeks ago, they haven't been on the end of um, like heavy defeats to anyone this season. So, right. um, so yeah, I think they'll be confident whoever they face. But if we can get another good draw against one of those clubs, then it puts them in good stead to, to continue going,
2: yeah. And you've got a uh, just big respect as well, by the way, mate. Um, to Dagny, uh, excellent goal-scoring form. Um, she, every single time, I mean, I only know, of course, because of um, an absolute pig's ear of pronouncing her surname I make every time I have to read her name off of the score sheet. Um, but particularly in recent times, she's, she's in good form. She's tied with Claudia Walker um, at the top of the West Ham uh, goal-scorer charts uh, in the league this season. Um, both of them sitting on three goals and one assist each, but uh, Dagny's from three, yeah, three goals from 12 games. It seems more than that, but uh, obviously I think the recent, uh, obviously that's just WSL only. Um, But yeah, sort of praise her, lifelong West Ham fan. Um, Just big praise to Oli Harder, seems to be bringing out the best in her.
1: Yeah, it seems to to have clicked nicely for her.
2: He's doing Um, something
1: right, isn't he? Hundred percent, and I I suppose it helps that she's also a a, 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 a lifelong West Ham fan as well. Gives her, you know, it's it's like there's quite a few. I think there's two or three in the team that are lifelong West Ham fans. So that's obviously helping, and um, yeah, super performer. She's got incredible experience, so you know, I don't think it's much of a surprise that she's she's doing doing well given her experience in the game. Uh, nope. Almost almost hundred caps for ice then. so she's doing. She, she's she's got a good career behind her, and she's bringing that over to West Ham and, and some good form. So, hopefully, she keeps going and uh, fires us to the FA Cup, mate.
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, her and Claudia, as I mentioned, they're both tied on two in the uh, in the FA Cup scorers list as well. So, uh, five across both of those competitions just seems odd. Just seems like she's scored. Uh, loads more than that, but that, that's obviously the f- every single one of those five times I've tried to pronounce her so I've nosed it up. So uh, perhaps we'll try and get her on, mate, and tell her um, yeah. get her to tell us how you pronounce it. But yeah, good stuff uh, for the West Ham women. That um, Chelsea game is next; the next one up. Thursday the 10th of March, Chelsea sitting second in the WSL at the moment, played nine, drawn two, lost two. It's so quite a, an imposing, worrying opponent. To be up against, they've got the chance to go top of the WSL um, if they win their game in hand. That they have got uh, West Ham seventh on 20 points, uh, doing okay in that seventh spot. I reckon. Um, obviously, the Reading, who sit one or oh, two points, one place and two points above us, uh, have played a game less, but their game in hand is against Chelsea. So, you'd hope that they'd lose that. And then it leaves West Ham within touching distance still really of, of Men's City in fifth. Uh, Men United in fourth, only five points behind them with uh, what we've got now, eight games remaining in the season. Still plenty of points to pick up. Uh, exciting stuff with the FA Cup as well. So congrats to Ollie and the girls for progressing. Um, and yeah, next up, Chelsea on Thursday the 10th of March that is nearly it for this week's show but stay with us because me and Jonesy will have some final thoughts for you as we always do next that's it for another week Jonesy two opposition views packed in thanks to Stee and James for joining us to look ahead to those two games coming up Uh, excellent win against Wolves Unbelievable, unfathomable excitement um, in the Will Pugh household ahead of that severe game, mate. Honestly, you've never known anything like it. I'm absolutely ecstatic about the whole situation and I genuinely can't wait uh, for both games, but particularly that away leg. Uh, Your work trip, you sort of mentioned it a couple of times, this work trip you're going to be on for the away leg. Is this like a, a business work trip or it's because it's got all the hallmarks the way you described it as a moment at the moment, excuse me, as a bit of a jolly? <laughs> uh
1: it's a it's a bit it's a bit of both. It's a bit of both. It's um all of uh, Snap Media's um managers, heads of departments, execs, the big CEO, dogs. Just just say the, big, it dogs, is, mate. the, the big, big dogs, dogs the yeah, the big dogs. Uh we're we're going up to um up to scotland for three days to um do do some work we're we're planning for the next year so we're kind of doing a strategic planning um but we're also using it as an excuse to celebrate the successes of the last 12 months which have been very very good for the company so a bit of both um a bit of team bit of tea. we've got a couple of activities to do um like what i don't know we, we don't know yet it's a it's a surprise um from the, oh, t-
2: the right so are we down the line do you think of like uh paintballing go-karting sort of thing or more like whiskey tasting because loch lomond mate go whiskey yeah. tasting if you can
1: well i mean if it's whiskey tasting then i'm gonna be in my absolute element yeah. because i love my whiskey we've got a nice little collection but um we've been told because straight away we were like well okay well, do we bring clothes special mm. clothes to do to with and i went no just bring normal clothes like casual clothes it's fine so right. it's, I think it's going to be indoor based, um, yeah. but don't know what it is. So that'd be interesting. So the first day and a half is um, work, and the, the the other day and a half is activities, and then spending most of it in the pub.
2: Excellent, probably.
1: mate. So yeah, I'm looking That's forward to wonderful. it.
2: Should go? Are you gonna so we'll let that go down fairly well with it among your colleagues when you tell them you're having to duck out on a Thursday night to watch West Ham win one nil away in Seville.
1: Well, it's five thirty kickoff, I think. Um, mm. which works in my favour a little bit because um, the timing is that we don't go out until seven that night. So I'll be able to watch it in a hotel room. And one another guy that's oh, going... That's he, on your own? Probably, yeah. But another guy that's oh, going yeah. with us, he's a Leicester fan and they're playing in New York that night as well. Ah. So he'll be watching that. Um, so, yeah.
2: We'll, uh, I'll, find, find I'll, I'll find a way. I'll find a way. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will, mate. I'm sure you will. Um, yeah, good show this week, Jonesy. Uh, just let's. Obviously, exciting stuff. A good win against Wolves. I feel a little bit more... I don't know. I just feel pretty buoyant. The excitement of the draw was brilliant. Um, and the fact that it looks like we might actually be able to um, play a half-decent game of football with the 11 players um, that David Moyes puts out uh, has come as somewhat of a relief, I think, um, after a few sketchy weeks, uh, particularly given in light of that severe draw, because it means we might actually give them a game which would be enthralling indeed. But uh, yeah, let's have some final thoughts from you then, mate, as we do every week on whatever you fancy, really. What's gone since we last spoke? What's coming up? Um, yeah, just whatever floats your boat. Well, Michael Wood tw-
1: tweeted me after um, after the Wolves game and said, a nice positive podcast this week. Basically, again, it should be a lot better than it was the last few weeks. Um, and he's right. It's been positive.
2: Well, he's looking for a nice positive yeah, podcast. Yeah. He's probably bored of me just going, what, the wheels are falling off. I yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I've been, to be fair, I've been, like, yeah. I've been pretty negative as well the last couple of weeks. But yeah. um like to be positive of that performance has really sort of given me that oomph again. It's going, yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, it felt like we were back. It felt like the, the West Ham of earlier on this season and last season was back a little bit. And with the draw as well, just so much to be excited for. FA Cup this week against Southampton um just suddenly it feels like we're going places again last mm. week I I I I remember saying that it really felt like the wheels were going to fall off a little bit um it felt like we it was just n- didn't know where the next good performance was coming from and now it feels like yeah let's go again let's go again let's, let's fin- finish the top 6 again let's do it yeah. um we proved, proved the that weekend that we've got it in us to do it so Loads to look forward to um, two big games this week before Europa League next week. Um, just really exciting. Yeah, I feel giddy. I feel giddy with excitement, mate.
2: Absolutely. Happy days indeed, mate. A uh, shout-out to Brad Stevens as well, down under in Australia. We got in touch uh, in the week. Um, ah, James, Southampton game then, just quickly, uh, I asked James earlier when I spoke to him and the Liverpool game, let's have a couple of score predictions out of you.
1: Uh, for Southampton, they're, they're in really good form. They're flying mm. at the moment, um, so I don't know. I, I think I'm going to say there's going to go to penalties. Or Mate, penalties.
2: yeah, we're we're matching on that. I reckon score draw and then extra time pens. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah I think one we'll or to two.
2: Penalties.
1: Yeah, and win that, and then Liverpool. Difficult to really call. Um, they'll probably be a little Fresh bit off tired. The back so of
2: their they their Carabao cup. So they've won the
1: Carabao Cup, but they're also playing in the week, um, so I'm hoping they might be a little bit tired. But we've got the same fixture schedule, so that means mm. really going to matter that much. And they've got about, <laughs> and they've got about nine squads to pick from.
3: Yeah, 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 um, yeah.
1: So it's going to be tough, but hundred percent, take a point, point, one or draw, or two oh, draw.
2: Jesus, yeah, but Man, I'd um, take a three-one defeat, I think.
1: Yeah, just as long as it's not embarrassing, which it has been in previous visits there. Um but yeah, we've won once there in fifty five years or something, so I'm not got a great deal of hope. Nah,
2: it's more we we it was like London buses, wasn't it? I'm sure we've won twice, at no, least we, twice.
1: No, we've won Did once we there. That was a three nil under Billich.
2: The three that. We came
1: we came close a couple of times, didn't we? We were two was one up at the last minute one? or right, yeah, um yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. We've come close. I think we were two nil up at one and we drew two all.
2: Right, but, I did um, think we'd one again, but fair enough.
1: But yeah, no, it's uh, it's just the one in fifty odd years, so not got a great <laughs> deal of hope. But you just never know, do it with a square team. No,
2: no, I love my little cliche at the end, a JJTM trademark there. But um, yeah, I don't know really. I don't. I'm not holding out loads of hope to be fair. But actually, I mean, Michael Wood wanted a nice positive podcast this week. I think we've done that. I think we've uh, done that this week, James. Pretty buoyant and upbeat. I'm beside myself, with excitement just about the Europa League. Uh, You cast a good light on positive Wolves' performance. So, all right, why not? Why not? Watch? I'm going to go proper all out, put my neck out there and say we're going to get a nil-nil at Liverpool. And <laughs> how good will that be? <laughs> what, a bra- what, a, what a brave prediction. Uh, indeed. Um, Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham or on Instagram at we are West Ham Pod. Search we are West Ham podcast on Facebook. Do the same on YouTube. You get the two opposition views this week, a little bit of match reaction, match reaction even to that Wolves game from me and Jonesy uh, and a few little extra bonus bits and pieces over there. Subscribe to the podcast if you can. If you don't already, give us five stars, write us a review and most importantly of all, tell your friends about what we're doing if you like us over here at we are west ham which lots of you seem to do if the listener numbers and the interaction we have on social media etc is anything to go by so thanks so much for your support we really appreciate it don't forget you can buy us a beer if you like or support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com slash we are west ham that's buymeacoffee.com slash we are west ham donations start from as little as five pounds each, the money goes straight to me and Jonesy. Only goes on equipment, guest fees, or most importantly, and most frequently in fact, over the bar when me and Jonesy meet up. West Ham fifth in the Premier League. They're through the fifth round of the FA Cup. We face Southampton on Tuesday, and then away to Liverpool on Sunday. But most excitingly of all, from my point of view, and from the perspective of so many other fans I know, West Ham United have drawn European giants Sevilla in the last 16 of the Europa League. If you think that any of us could have imagined this two, three, four seasons ago when it looked oh so grim and oh so glum, then simply I don't believe you. It is absolutely brilliant. It's so exciting. It's bringing out the kid in me. I'm sure it is in loads of you. Uh, I'm hoping to see. I'll be out there in Spain. If there's any listeners to the podcast, I'd absolutely love to meet up, get you involved. We're going to try and do some content out there when we're in Spain as well. But either way, it's an exciting time to be a West Ham fan. Michael Wood has got it right about the positive podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. As always, up the mighty hammers. West Ham United are massive and we'll see you next week. This week's episode was sponsored by FootballPrizes.co.uk, where you can win some priceless pieces of signed football memorabilia each and every week. In this week's draw, you can win a fantastic signed and framed Paolo Di Canio shirt. Tickets are just three pound ninety-five each, and just ninety-nine will be sold, which gives you a fantastic chance of winning. Entries close at seven thirty p.m. on Tuesday, the first of March, and the winner is drawn an hour later live on Facebook. There's been some fantastic signed pieces from Tony Cotty, Saeed Rama Jared Bowen and Vladimir Sufao up for grabs since their launch. So head on over to footballprizes.co.uk to check them out.
1: Hi, this is Tony Cotti and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Podcast Network.